Church, we're starting a brand new sermon series uh, for the remainder of the month here, and it's entitled Weird, and I know that is a weird title for a sermon series, but there's a reason for it, and you know, how many of you are driven in trying to be normal? You know what I'm talking about? You're driven in trying to be normal. I'm talking about striving to fit in, maybe trying to be like other people, and it's hard for us, right? I remember growing up, and, and like a lot of you know, I grew up in a really big family, and, and I remember it would get wild sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? It usually always happened in the car, 99% of the time on the way to church, really. And I remember my mom, she would say, why can't we be a normal family? It would be stated often. But this whole month, we're going to be talking about weird in a good way. You know, if we're trying to be like other people, and somebody calls you weird, we usually take offense to that, don't we? And so I want you to understand something. God has called us to be weird, meaning to be set apart from the rest of the world, not to be exactly like what the world today is calling normal, right? I believe we live in a society today, everything is the new normal, like, well, that's what everybody does. That's okay. This is what we do now, right? We're not called to be that way. And church, listen to me. If we do what normal people do, and if we live how normal people live, and end up where normal people end up. Here's where it's going to get you. In the middle of life, hurting really bad. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 verse 15 says this to us. It says, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Church, we have been called to be shining bright lights in a world that we live in today that is truly crooked and perverse. See, our lives should be characterized by moral purity. It should be characterized by patience. It should be characterized by peacefulness so that each and every one of us, so we might shine like stars in a very dark and a very depraved world. You know, a transformed life, listen to me this morning. I want to warn you right now. This is going to be a tough one, okay? It is. I'm going to. I'm going to hit you right there. And I'm not going to apologize for it either. It's the truth. When we give God's word, right, the truth stands on its own two feet. And sometimes we get upset about it. Sometimes we get offended by it. But it's still the truth. You know, I hear people all the time talk about God's word like, well, I don't know why he had to say that. I hear it most of the time talking about the Apostle Paul. By the way, church, he wrote most of the New Testament that we follow today. If you're like, I don't like all the stuff that Paul had to say, well, it's the truth. Like it or not, it's there. All right, let's get back. It's going to be tough. Brace yourself. We are called to live a transformed life, to be an effective witness for God's word today. That's who we are called to be. You know, as we look through God's word, we realize through the world's eyes, if you look at God's word through the world's eyes, the teachings of Jesus, they seem weird, don't they? Can you imagine even in Jesus's time, right? Even in his time, his teaching is not what they were used to. They thought he was weird for the things that he was saying. And even today, it's different God's teaching, Jesus' teaching, is different than what the world would say is okay or what the world would say is normal. So church, we're going to say today that it's weird. And when you follow his word, when you accept Christ as your personal savior, people are going to tell you 
you act weird now, right? People are going to tell you when you follow his word, people are going to say that you are weird. When you share what his word says, people are going to say that you talk weird. And so what we're going to do is we are going to be calling weird today is what God has called us to be. And how many of you honestly know some weird people? Now, I'm not talking the good kind of weird. I'm talking about weird people, right? Don't point anybody. We're in church. We want to keep this very harmonious in here today. But we all, we know some weird people, don't we? I have, a, I have a young man in my life. He tells me all the time I'm weird. He does. I'm going to say his name, but he tells me all the time. I'll say something to him. I go, you're weird. And he, sometimes it makes me crazy. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I am. I admit it. I own it. But we're called to be weird in a God kind of way. You know, Matthew chapter 7, church, if you'll turn there with me today. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it says this. This is such an important verse for us to hear today. It says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many, and here's the key right here, church, for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Church, make sure you understand you get to choose what road you are on. God is not hiding the narrow path from you. It's not something like I got lucky to be on the narrow path. You choose to be on the narrow path. And if you don't know what the narrow path is, it's living your life the way that God has called you to. That verse right there, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it says, man, that road of the world where the world is living wild, free, doing whatever they want, it is very wide. We're talking 20, 30 lanes wide, right? And there's a lot of people on it. But it says the gateway to life, meaning that eternal life, church, this thing's making me crazy this morning. The eternal life is very narrow, and the Bible says the road is difficult and only a few find it. So what kind of gate is it, church? It's a narrow gate, right? And wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And so how many people enter through that wide gate? The Bible makes it very clear to us. Many, many people. Think about this. Broad and wide is the road in the gate. And you know what? That's where the majority of people travel today. And here's what's slippery for us, church. See, unfortunately, in a crowd, we oftentimes find comfort, don't we? We're like, well, everybody's doing this. Everybody's going that way. Everybody is taking it the same exact way that I am. But unfortunately, in that crowd, we find comfort. And when we look around church and we see all the people doing what we're doing and going where we're going and living how we are living, then we decide, right? We decide, well, we're normal. We're normal. This is okay. We must be okay because this is where the majority of the crowd is going. And unfortunately, though, Jesus said many, meaning the crowd, meaning the normal people, is on the road to destruction. And then he said, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Now church, you honestly, you don't have to look hard for it. You don't have to get lucky that you find it. And, and today you might even be sitting there thinking like, well preacher, I'm not even real sure what road I'm on. Or maybe you're sitting there today and you're going like, I know exactly what road I'm on. But if you're on the broad road, 
And church, I want to say this to you as serious as I can. If your life looks like everyone else's life, and if you're doing what everyone else is doing, if you feel your life is normal, just like the rest of the world, it could be, church, that you are on the broad road, and that's the broad road to destruction. And the reason I can say this is because when you leave the normal road, church, that wide road, when you leave that normal road, because when you leave that normal road and get on the smaller one where a few people are, the normal people think you're weird, don't they? They think you're different. They think like, why? Man, you don't act the same. You know, I, I like the old you better. You're more fun. Church, I want us all to look at the teachings of Jesus today, and I really want to encourage you to, to live that weird life, meaning that life that Christ has called you to. And if you, if you and I, if we would even just, you know, kind of set aside, let's just say you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, set aside the Bible and just look at the teachings practically, would not you agree with me that normal is not working? It's not working. Look at society today. Look at the world. Man, look, you don't even have to look far, do you? We see it everywhere. Think about what is normal today. How about your schedules, church? Your schedules, what the world will say is normal. It's overwhelmed, right? It's rushed. It's stressed. It's panicked. You, have ne you never have enough time for what's truly important. And maybe it's because we're overwhelmed with the urgent that you and I were missing out on the quality. You're overwhelmed with the urgent, but yet you're missing out on the quality. How many of you, man, you zero in on some, are you one of those people that zero in on something? I mean, you focus on it and, 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 and you obsess about it. And it's usually things that doesn't matter, right? I've done a lot of weddings as a preacher and you always do the rehearsal, right? The rehearsal like the night before the wedding and, and you're sitting there, everybody's stressed. I'm usually the only one that's like, yeah, I did this before, right? Well, there's some people come, I've done this lots of times before. We counsel them first. But they come there, and, and, and I'll be sitting there doing, watching these people, and they're decorating the sanctuary, and, and you'll hear, like, the, the mom say, I thought you ordered ivory bowls. These are solid white. These are a mess. Look at these things. And they're just fussing and, and working themselves up into a frenzy over bows. And I want to sit there and say, nobody cares. They don't. They won't notice that your bows are ivory. They won't even notice if they're there. And don't we do that? You can use a wedding as an example, but think about your life, church. How often do we zero in on the things that truly don't matter and we obsess with them? Maybe you're so overwhelmed with the urgent church, you're missing out on the quality. What about what's normal today with money, right? What does the world tell us about money, right? The pursuit of material things. You grab all that you can get. That's what the world will tell you. Listen, church, stuff does not make you happy. Stuff does not make you happy. The, the world will tell you that normal is broke. The world will tell you normal is debt, right? Normal is financial fear. Normal is fighting over money. What about your professional life, church? What's normal today? 
You know, just working for a paycheck, doing something you, you really don't like to, to get by. You're sacrificing everything. I'm talking about you're sacrificing your kids, time with your kids, your spouse. You're sacrificing all these things. Normal is feeling like there's got to be something more, but you just can't quite figure out what it is. That's what the world will tell you is normal in a career. What, what about what's normal in relationships? What does the world tell you about relationships? Man, it comes down to this. You hop, hopping from bed to bed to bed with, with different people, and then you finally get married, right? After you slept around a whole lot, you finally get married, and seven years in the marriage, things aren't going well, and it's normal because half of the people in the United States of America just throw in the towel, just get a divorce, right? Church normal's not working. So a key thought for this series, if you're taking notes, is this, if you want what normal people have, you do what normal people do. Church, that's not good. If you honestly want what normal people have, you do what normal people do. But if you want what few people have, if you want what few people have, you do what few people do. Think about it. If you want a normal life as the world will tell you it's normal, you live like normal people do, right? But if you really want something better, Church, if you want something better than a normal life, remember where the majority of people are in this world. If you want something different, you'll have to leave that broad road, and you got to get on that narrow path. If you want what a few people have, I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about security. Man, if you want a sense of fulfillment in your life, I hear people say all the time, I'm not fulfilled. Maybe it's because you're on the broad road. You get on that narrow road, find that sense of fulfillment. I'm talking about an eternal destiny, church. If you want what a few have, then you will have to do what a few people do. Think about the teachings of Jesus. They are weird, right? They're weird compared to what the world tells you is okay. They're so weird for what the world teaches, right? Normal says it's okay to commit adultery. You know, I hear people say it all the time. Oh, it, it was a mistake, you know, or, or, or guys, man, I hear guys say, there's nothing wrong with looking at the menu. Yes, there is. Right? Adultery, man, and I could preach a whole month on this. It's far more than having sex with somebody else than your partner, man. There's emotional affairs. We could go on and on and on what adultery is. I might have to do that as a sermon series. But Jesus said, don't commit adultery, right? He said, don't even look lustfully at a woman. He says, because if you look lustfully, you have already committed adultery in your heart. And to many people in today's world, that's weird. Doesn't make sense. Why, why, why would that be wrong? Jesus also said this. He said, if you want to be first, then you need to be last. He said, if you are already last, then you can be first. Man, the world's going to tell you that's weird, right? Jesus says, when you give, it will be given unto you. Man, the world doesn't go by that, does it? The world, the normal world says, if you take, it'll be given to you. That's how we live, church. We see it every day. Here's a big one. Are you ready for it? Jesus says, if someone hurts you, why did he say this? He says, if someone hurts you, then you bless them. That's weird. That's hard to swallow, isn't it? Because you know what? Someone hurts you. You're like, oh, you're going to get yours, and I'm going to give it to you. But he says, you bless them. He says, you love them, and you pray for them. 
the world's going to tell you that's really weird. See, the teachings of Scripture lead us off that normal, broad path onto the narrow, different path, church. So if you want what normal people have, and I'm talking about what the rest of the world has, which is broken, just torn up, I mean, a road of sorrow, right? If you want that, you keep on going with the way the flow of the world goes. If you want what a few have, then you're going to have to do what a few do. And here's what it boils down to, church. For real, you've got to take this book seriously. You really do. You've got to take this book seriously. I'm not talking about you come and dabble in it every once in a while. And like Mark, read me a bedtime story up in the front of the church. And that's all the scripture I need for right now. You've got to take it seriously. It, it's not a la carte where I'll take that, I'll take that, and I'll take that. But the rest of it, no, that's not for me. If you want what God has promised you, you got to take this book seriously, and you can have something way better than normal, church. So today what I want to do is give you two simple thoughts to build a foundation for this whole series. The very first one is this weird people. We're talking about Jesus followers. Remember that. They don't think like normal people think. Weird people, Jesus followers, don't think like normal, meaning the rest of the world think. Romans chapter 12 Verse 2. Man, you could preach on Romans chapter 12, verse 2 for like six months straight. And verse 2 says this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Do you understand, church, that God's will for your life, it's good. It's good for you. It's pleasing because if you take him up on it, man, it makes him happy. And it's perfect because he created you for that exact moment in time and for that life. See, we're called to not act like the world, church. We're called to not act like the world because the world's behaviors, the world's customs are usually selfish and often corrupting, isn't it? That's how the world handles it. See, but many Christians decide... Thankfully, the worldly stuff is off limits to them. Like, I'm not going to live like that. That's great. Make sure you do that, right? But see, our refusal to conform to the world's values must go deeper than behavior. See, we can all say, I'm quitting that. Church, I quit eating sugar about once a month. I do. Sometimes twice. And I can do it for a while. I'm cutting that off, right? but I usually fall back into it. Here's where it works. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is still possible to avoid most worldly customs and still be proud, being a proud person, being a covetous person, being a selfish person, being a stubborn person, being an arrogant person. You can avoid all that garbage saying, I don't act like them people over there, but you can still act like this. See, listen, only the Holy Spirit renews. Only the Holy Spirit re-educates. Only the Holy Spirit redirects our minds. You know, how many of you catch yourself when you start thinking the wrong way? You're like, man, i got to quit thinking like that, right? You know, you're training yourself. The Holy Spirit's working inside of you. As soon as it pops in, you're like, oh, i got to stop that. Some of you, you keep rolling with it. <laughs> But you, you need to retrain your mind. And when you stop thinking like that, then you're truly transformed. Now, I want to share with you, I read you Romans chapter 12, verse 2. 
But I want to share something with you. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And make sure you get this today. Please make sure you're listening right now. I'm going to read to you from the Message Bible. The Message Bible is a nice commentary. Don't you use the Message Bible for your main word. Okay? But I want to read to you what the Message Bible says about Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says this. So here's what I want you to do. With God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become, listen to this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops you, and well forms you into maturity. Church, I like the way that's put this morning. He's saying, don't live like normal people. Stop being stupid. Stop living your life like everybody else. Let your way of thinking change you completely. The way that you think about stuff. Man, I love that where it says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. That means you're just rolling along. I'm going along with the world and it isn't even affecting me. It's not bothering me. I'm not even thinking twice about it. Then you'll be able to test what God wants for you. And listen, then you agree that what God wants for your life is right. Too many times we look at God's word and we're like, man, I don't like that. Or God, that's way too hard for me. I just can't do that. God knows who you are. He created you. He knows where you struggle, right, church? It's all possible through him. So we fix our attention on God, not on everybody else. Did you hear me, church? You fix your attention on God, not on everybody else. Too many of us, we're sitting there, we're staring at everybody else. We're watching what everybody else is doing. We're not focusing on ourselves. Isn't it easy to look at somebody else and tear them apart? I don't like your outfit. I don't like your hair. I don't like this. I don't like that, right? But man, you won't look at yourself in the mirror that way. Stop focusing on everybody else. You focus on God and what God has for you, and then you will see a change. Church, then you'll see a change from the inside out. See, God wants us to be different, but the world calls it weird. We've got to think differently. We need to think differently on how we manage our time. We really do. We have to think differently about how we manage our time. We have to think differently on how we manage our money. We have to think differently on how we manage our relationships, right? I'm going to jump off the path here for one minute. I'm going to give you, this one's free too. I ain't charging you for this. I'm giving you something extra. You know what? On how you date, church. How you prepare for marriage. How you have a marriage. How, how, how you raise your kids. Man, for those of you who are dating, I don't care if you're 85. God bless you if you're dating at 85. <laughs> or you're in your teenage years. Listen to me right now. Make sure that when you are dating, you are equally yoked. Amen. Equally yoked. I'm talking about you think the same. 
I'm talking about you have the same goals, that you have the same values, that you are heading down the same path together. Make sure that you are equally yoked because it's not going to end well for you if you're not. All right, let's get back on topic here for you right now. Right? You have to think differently about relationships. You have to think differently about marriage. You have to think differently about how you raise your kids. Man, church, you've got to think differently about sex, right? You have to admit the world's value system when it comes to sex is messed up. Crazy messed up. We must think differently about values in our lives. I'm talking about kingdom values instead of worldly values. So why is this important? Do you realize the way that you think determines how you behave, right? How many of you, man, a thought pops in your head and it can derail you for the day? Just one thought. Something somebody did to you, something somebody said to you, whatever it might be, it can literally derail your whole day because the way that you think determines what you become and how you act. See, we can even look at this practically this morning, church. Think about our time. We fill our lives with so much it doesn't even matter. Next week has no relevance, does it? We fill it with so much we become overwhelmed. Think about money. Think about all the things the world tells you about money, right? What, what about relationships, man? We need to think different in our relationships. Don't think like normal people do, like the world does. What's normal according to the world Norman was sending your 14-year-old daughter on a car date with an 18-year-old boy. He only got one thing on his mind. That's what's normal in the world today. We're not allowed to think like that. Normal is sleeping with half a dozen people, maybe even a dozen. Basically doing all those marriage things on the front side of the marriage. Then the relationship ends in shambles and because you didn't plan well, church. You didn't plan well. You didn't take God's advice. Now you are messed up. You are messed up emotionally. You are messed up spiritually. You are messed up even physically, mentally. The world will tell you that's normal. And then you're left wondering, man, is there a good girl out there for me? Is there a good guy out there for me? You know what? If you want to have what normal people have, if you want to have what the world has, church, you act like normal people. But you know, weird people, Christians, we're not called to think like normal, worldly people think. Second point I want to make to you is this. Weird people, meaning Christians, they don't live like normal people live. We don't live like normal people live. When, when you take a scripture seriously, listen to me, when you take God's word seriously, when you take it very seriously, and you pursue God, you're going to be different from this world. You really do. When you are pursuing God, you will be different from this world. If you are not different, if you are not different, if you look like everybody else, if you act like everybody else, if you live like everybody else, then I want you to think, do you truly know the God of the Bible? If you are living like everybody else, acting like everybody else, speaking like everybody else, living like everybody else, and you say you're a Christian, do you truly know the God of the Bible? Because the more you pursue him, the more different you are going to be from this world, church. The more different you'll be. Your values will change. What motivates you will change. And the way that you live will change. The world does not understand the way we think. My former career, 
at the end of the day, all the guys would go to the bar together. And, and I used to work like 12 hours every single day. It was given, at least 12. And I remember they would harass, I mean, harass me. I felt like I was in fourth grade. Do it. Come on, you won't do it. You won't do it. Do it. That's what I felt like. They would harass me every day. Why don't you come down and have a drink with us? I'd be like, man, you, I got something beautiful at home. I spent 12 hours looking at your ugly mugs. I got something way better looking than you at home I would like to spend time with. They never could understand it. They would work 12 hours a day, go to the bar for another four hours, and never spend time with their wives and kids and wondering why their life was a mess. Church, we are not to act like that. We are to be different. They used to tell me all the time, there's something about you. Yep, there is. There definitely is. Your values will change. What motivates you will change. And the way that you live will change. Man, in 1 Peter chapter 2, if you'll look at this with me, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, it says this, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. Church, you are here temporarily, right? This is not your home. I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Church, this world is not your home. For real, stop making yourself cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Don't act like the rest of the world, man. You've got to live a life that God has called you to. And you know what? You live a life where people recognize that you are different. And then, maybe then, church, they'll be won over to God's side for what it is he has for you. See, we are called to be weird in a good way. God wants to take you out of what this world calls normal and bring you into something totally different. See, what he wants is for you to live in his kingdom. Not only does God want you in his kingdom, he wants you to do something for the kingdom, church. Something for it. Help some kids. Man, God is calling you to help out some kids. We got all kinds of them here. Volunteer for a youth program to, to work in the nursery, whatever. He might call you out of a job, church, a job that makes good money so that you can pour into your family and into your kids. God might call you into a job where you can make a difference for the kingdom. Start some kind of ministry if God's calling you to. Make sure he's calling you to it. Don't just be flippantly out there saying, I'm going to start this ministry. It'll end bad if God didn't call you to it. Maybe God is calling you out of a wild lifestyle where he's calling you. He says, you know what? I want you to start living with sexual purity right now. Church, I invite you this morning. I invite you to give your life with a deep sense of a spiritual drive, that you are driven spiritually, that you're doing things the way that God has called you to do, and it doesn't make sense to anyone else. Because church, we are not driven by what other people think because you should only be driven for the audience of one. It doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. It only matters what God thinks. See, if you are living for a holy God, then I promise you right now, your life's gonna be different. So I'm inviting you all this morning. 
I'm inviting you to leave that normal road. To leave the normal road. To, to admit that normal, doing it like the rest of the world isn't working. This leaving you broken, it's leaving you overwhelmed. I'm talking about you feel miserable. Your life is filled with fear and shame and regret. And here's what I want you to understand. It doesn't have to be that way. Amen. People come in my office and they'll pour their heart out to me about how rough things are in their life. And it is. I'm not, I'm not minimizing what they're going through. But nine times out of ten, we can narrow it down to the poor decisions that you made in your life. And I tell them all the time, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. If you want a life that is filled with peace, church, if you want a life filled with joy, filled with purpose, I'm talking about it's going somewhere, that your life's got momentum. I mean, you are moving, that you have this deep sense of fulfillment in your life and knowing that you are making an eternal difference in this world. Listen, you get on that narrow road. And I have to say, honestly, I'm speaking honest to you this morning, I'm tired of normal Christianity. I'm tired of it. I'm talking about lukewarm. I'm talking about mediocre, half-hearted, going to church just on Sundays, not living your life any different. And you, you come to church and you leave feeling the same and being empty as you were when you came. I'm talking it's, it's an empty sense of risking nothing, sacrificing nothing. You come to a church, a church that meets my needs and it makes me feel good. and Never give anything back. Church, I'm tired of that. God didn't call you to that life. He didn't call me to that life. He didn't call the church to that life at all. So this morning as I get ready to wrap up and I call the praise team up here, I have a verse I want to share with you. Jesus said something here that's it's wild. He really did. What he said here in Matthew chapter 10, it's pretty wild. He said this, he said, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Amen. And one more share with you from the Message Bible. This is how he puts it. If you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you're never going to find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and you look to me, you will find both yourself and me. Church, I want you to know you can go to church one day a week, live a normal life. But to worship God with your life seven days a week. I'm not talking about one. I'm talking about seven days a week. I'm not talking about just one, two-hour stint at church, you know, and you're coming there, and it's just shallow, me-centered Christianity. I'm talking about wholehearted, full surrender. I'm talking about worshiping God, the God of the Bible. This will take you off that normal path and onto that narrow one. This full surrender, church, it'll lead you to a path that the world's not going to understand. This full surrender will empower you. 
The Holy Spirit then will direct you. Church, we can't settle anymore for normal. Just like the rest of the world does. We can't settle for that. Do you realize you can choose something better? Something better than normal. You and I have a choice. So if you want what normal people have, I'm talking about worldly people, you go ahead and continue doing what worldly people do. You will find your life will be a disaster. It will be a mess. You will be broken. And you will struggle. And then Jesus said it leads to destruction. But a life on that narrow path will lead to eternity. And here's what I want to invite you to this morning, church. I want you to be one of the few. For real. I want you to be one of the few. In your circle, maybe. Maybe at your workplace. Maybe even in your family. Maybe at your school. That you are one of the few who is on the narrow path. Because that path, church, brings fulfillment. That path brings peace. That path brings joy. And more importantly, church, that path brings an eternity with your heavenly Father. So this morning, now that I've explained it, do you want normal or do you want weird? This morning, if you need to make a decision in your life, I'm talking, this is going to be a radical one for you. I'm talking about maybe yourself right now. It don't even make sense, but you feel the Holy Spirit calling you out saying, I've got something better for you. I want you to respond to it. You come up front. You may not fully understand. We'll help you through that. We'll pray with you. We'll walk you through what you need to do, church. It's not hard. It's about surrendering yourself, saying, I'm done with the rest of that world garbage. I want what God prepared for me in advance, something that's good, something that's pleasing, something that's perfect, and it's all for you. So if that is you this morning, you feel that call, come forward. The rest of you believers here this morning, maybe you're living your life like the rest of the world. Maybe you're acting like them. Maybe you're talking like them, living with them, acting like all that stuff. Maybe today is the day you need to get back on track, realizing I can no longer be a part of that party. I need to get back on the road that God has called me to. So maybe you need some prayer this morning for strength. Maybe you need prayer for courage. Maybe you're going to make some radical decisions, eliminating some people out of your life, whatever that might be. I want you to know God's going to help you through it. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing. I really want to encourage you to respond this morning.